Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to worship you, to be with you, to be encouraged by you, and to be reminded by the love you have for us. Open up our hearts and minds to hear from you as we reflect on the Christmas story, the Christmas message, and what it means for us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Just about every parent I've come across, including ourselves, who've held a baby, held their baby, they've looked into their baby's eyes and go, I wonder what the future holds. I wonder what the future holds for this child. And many of us who have been parents also have dreams about what our child could grow up to be, what the future would be like for that child. Well, today we celebrate the birth of a a particular baby, a special baby, the baby Jesus. And we're going to explore how this baby Jesus does have a future. And many of us know parts of that story. But we're also going to explore how that future also gives us a future. From Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, we hear, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Before we go much further into our sermon, a couple of questions for you to reflect on. What are the most important things for you about Christmas? As you think about Christmas, what are the most important things for you about Christmas? Be honest with yourself and think about this is important for me to celebrate Christmas. Um, many years ago when I was growing up as a kid, um, we had this family get-together and one of the most important things for one of my aunts was we must have beetroot. And I remember we, had, we gathered for Christmas in a country town and she'd forgot to buy the beetroot. So she went around and asked people for beetroot because that was important for her at Christmas. It might have been small but it kind of just set the scene. And perhaps there's some other things that are important for you. But secondly, the second question is, how does what you do around Christmas help you and others remember Jesus? What he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. So as you have your celebrations at Christmas and think about them, what meaning do they have for your relationship with Jesus? Now we have a Christmas tree which is often... um, put up in a church and some people refuse to put a Christmas tree up in a church because they think it has some other symbolism. But there is many Christians who have a Christmas tree up in a church for a couple of reasons. One is the greenage reminds them of life. The green part of the Christmas tree reminds them of life. The lights remind them of Jesus being the light of the world. Some churches have what they call Christmas, which are symbols of the Christmas story, of the, of the Jesus story, which they hang on their Christmas tree. To, to Again, when they look at that tree, because it has meaning. Well, think about your life. Think about what you do. Think about all the things you're involved with at Christmas. And think about how do they help you and others remember Jesus and what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. I think there's at least four ways to approach Christmas. One of those is to be the bar humbug. Christmas is nothing special, we just get on with life, we do whatever. 
It's not really a special day, you know, and some people phrase it in a different way. Uh, Christmas is no better than any other day. If you really love me, you'll love me not just at Christmas, but you'll love me every other day. And there's some truth in that, but it also that kind of downplaying the importance of Christmas for some people. The second way to think about it is just a tradition, something about the past. And when we think about something as a tradition, we get caught up into just holding on to doing thing, the same thing year after year and that must be important. When that disappears, we have problems, like when we can't sing Christmas carols, as I mentioned last night. The third thing, third approach that people have to Christmas is it's about family and friends getting together for a good time. And I've heard this not just within the secular world, but I've actually heard it within Christians. There's Christians around the world that I've come across who say, I don't go to church on Christmas Day because I just spend it with family and friends. How about thinking about that, yes, it's about family and friends, but it's about the family and friends God has given you that you can encourage to know that they are loved by God too. In my last congregation, there was a gentleman who said, if my family and friends don't want to come to church on Christmas morning, that's okay, but I'm going and I'm going to keep inviting them. And he said, you know what? Some years they come and hear and are very thankful they've come to church to hear the Christian perspective of Christmas before we sit down at lunch. And the fourth approach that um, I think people take with Christmas is this. It's, it's not just about celebrating that Jesus came, but celebrating that Jesus will come again so we have a future that affects us today and into the future. So it's not just saying, oh, I'm a Christian and because Jesus came I can just trust that and I can do whatever I like. It's about allowing the few, what Jesus has done on earth to affect how we live and how we relate to others. Well, could you imagine being that first Christmas and being one of these shepherds, being one of these blokes out in the, in the wilderness and we know from their history shepherds didn't have a great reputation. Um, apart from them, they were smelly and even shepherds today in many places don't have a great reputation. This is a picture of a shepherd in Ukraine and he would spend four to five months away from home looking after sheep. Right? Now imagine you're one of those shepherds, you haven't got a great reputation, you're working hard, you're smelly, you're out in the fields and then all of a sudden this message comes to you. The angels appear to you and they make this announcement that a saviour has been born, that somebody, um, and a saviour who's for all the world has been born. How would you react? Would you see that you have a future beyond your daily life, what you're doing, the routine that you're up to? Well, these shepherds did. These shepherds left the fields, they went in and saw Jesus. But not only did they go and see Jesus and see what God had said and accepted that gift, they went and shared this message with everybody else. They went around the place, as the video highlighted, around the town, telling people about the good news, about this good news. And the reason that this is good news is that Jesus was a baby that has a future. And for many of us as Christians, we know that future. Those shepherds didn't know the exact future. But what they did know, that this baby was for everybody who was the Messiah. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
And because Jesus has a future, we have a future. You and I have a future. Mark 16 reminds us if we trust and believe in Jesus, we will be saved. And that's where our future holds. If you are thinking, do I have a future? Turn to the scriptures and listen to the future that God promises you. A future that is a life with God forever. A future where God says, I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to be with you forever. And you have eternity. And you don't have to worry about, are you good enough for that? Because Jesus has made you good enough. So when we look at this gift of Jesus that came, there's a couple of key things to, to keep in mind. The name Jesus actually literally means saves you. When the angel's talking to Joseph, he says this, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' name gives him a purpose. It, it highlights his purpose for us and that is to save each of us from our sins. If you go back through the Old Testament, you see that sins have to be paid for. And often there'd be people having sacrifices. Some of the extreme sacrifices were people bringing lambs to the equivalent of a church to, to give to the church to pay for their sins. But not only does Jesus mean that, Jesus was also called the Messiah, which in Greek means the Christ which means he's the anointed one. And if you look through the Old Testament, you see the, the Messiah is the person who, who is going to come and save people. Now, the problem with many of the early Jewish people in Jesus' time is they thought the Messiah was going to be somebody who was going to get rid of the Romans, get rid of other people. They had, didn't have the, the future perspective of eternal life. But also when you look at the Old Testament, you see that the Messiah is somebody that restores our relationship with God, that rebuilds our relationship with God. And the emphasis on, in, in Daniel particularly and in Isaiah is that it talks about rebuilding Jerusalem, which, is a, which for the Jewish people is about w rebuilding that so they can worship God. What Jesus allows us to do, what Jesus makes possible for us is to have a good relationship with God. He restores, he rebuilds our relationship with God. And we'll discover this as we continue to have time with Jesus, as we continue reading the scriptures, as we continue worshipping him, as we continue allowing God to show us and reveal to us who he is and what he's about and what Jesus is doing. There was a young, there was an old man who was on his deathbed and he stayed alive just long enough to see Jesus. And that was a joy for him. And that young old man was Simeon. And he said this, if you turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 27 to 31, you hear, Moved by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, have now, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Simeon was waiting for this gift of salvation from God and now he had seen it in Jesus. Simeon was thankful to God and that was enough for his earthly life. 
And I pray it's enough for your earthly life to know Jesus. And so because of Christmas, may you live with your eyes on spending spending eternity with Jesus and his loving Heavenly Father. May that be the most dominant thing in your mind, that you will be living eternity with Jesus and your loving Heavenly Father. And because of Christmas, may your future focus affect though your life today. So hope, love, joy, peace and grace dominate your life and your relationships with others. Some years ago, um, one of my parishioners in another congregation made this comment to me and said, it wasn't until he understood that this is what Jesus has given us, but also that Jesus wants to give the world through us, that it changed the way he approached Christmas. He said Christmas used to be a very tense time. He was busy, rushed, exhausted, and he said, your family get together, and he said, no wonder we'd argue, because we wouldn't spend much time together except Christmas Day, and at some point on Christmas Day there'd be a little argument amongst family. And he went, after reflecting on the Christmas message that God has given him grace, He thought, maybe I should have grace for everybody else that's in my family, especially on Christmas Day. And that was how he's approached Christmas. And he said, you get to celebrate Christmas far better by focusing on Jesus and sharing the gifts that he has given you with others. So may your future focus affect your life today. So hope, love, joy, peace and grace dominate your life and your relationship with others. And because of Christmas, yes, celebrate. But celebrate that Jesus not only has come, but that Jesus is at work today. Think about all the blessings you are seeing in your life and how people are helping others, particularly other Christians are helping others. But also celebrate that Jesus has promised to come again so you can be with him in heaven forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of Christmas. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us as we continue celebrating Christmas. May we be reminded that Christmas is a gift for us so we can spend eternity with you. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Help us to not just receive this gift, but to share it generously with everyone we encounter. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.